it's number 72 guys here we are uh the the 19 the 72nd episode of the auto week podcast sounds like a lot if we did one a year this podcast would be 72 years old wow when you put it that way wesley it really puts things in perspective yeah. we're thinking only go north uh, from there we got jimmy we got robin we got pricing hello and we got uh wesley he's eating a treat what kind of treats we got? It's here? a it's a Nutri Grain bar, but a generic one. Uh yeah. Where do you get that? That's a Nutri Grain. It's Target. It's uh <laughs> it's called Market Pantry. It's Target. Blueberry oh. soft bake breakfast breakfast bar. That's gross. Wow. It's basically a candy bar, hey, but for breakfast. Hey, there's no high fructose high fructose corn syrup in this. What is it? Fructorn? It's fructorn corn syrup. My my man here said. It's fructorn. There's, there's gonna be a lot of that today. Okay. Uh, Robin has been drinking already. He's, I would say, two thirds <laughs> of the way into the bag at this point. Um, no, it should be no the Robin. Record, it's a, Robin did 11, come in 11. under the weather. <laughs> yep, he uh, is uh, f- oh. from being drunk. Um, F one is uh, back from the break. I thought the season had ended. Uh, it's over. Just a summer vacation. <laughs> I uh, I just I it forgot did. that it, we were doing it still. Um, but everyone's back, and Kimmy is not driving anymore. So wow. Not so Jimmy has no interest. Not good in that respect. Um, oh, but we do have some information about the uh, the schedule for 2020. If they do decide they want to continue doing this for some reason, schedule came out this morning. This is uh, no this is breaking news. Thursday morning as we're taping this, yeah. it just came out. No, uh, no Germany. No Germany. But we do have Vietnam. Oh yeah, we're going to Hanoi. That'd be fun. We're going to Hanoi and we're going back to the Netherlands. That's cool. Um, is there an existing track in Hanoi, or is it going to have to be a road there, course? It's a city, city track. City yeah. course. That'll be cool. I would, I would go to that in a heartbeat. Wow. Well, Don't keep, you think? We'll keep you in mind. I don't know. It sounds like a long trip. Yeah. Yeah. Vietnam sounds like really long. Just trip. real quick. Uh, oh, here we go. Kimi Raikkonen pulled a muscle. <laughs> yeah. And Kimi uh, Raikkonen may update. not race this weekend. Ever again. May not race. this What weekend. muscle did he pull? He, a key one for driving, no his, doubt. Uh, finger. I don't know which the, one is the key for driving. Wrist. Summer break when something, something, something. Despite something really bad happened, pulled a muscle, and that's about that. We'll see what happens. Did he pull a muscle while watching Thirteen Reasons Why on Netflix? I assume that's what he did during his summer vacation. Mm, don't do that. Uh, so we have some driver shuffling too. Driver shuffling. Um, little surprise on one of them, I guess. Well, let's hear the surprise. Esteban right o- after the break. Esteban Ocon, yes, who was rumored to be maybe stealing Botas's spot. Yep, alongside our friend Lewis Hamilton. Yep, has signed with Renault. Which again, that's that's, that's not kind of good. I think the bigger yeah, surprise is it was a well, it's a surprise that it's a multi-year deal. Uh-huh. Yeah. We kind of heard it was going to be maybe a one-year loaner, and then maybe slide in yeah. for Botas in 2021. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But but. He signed a 20-year contract. Well, it says multi-year, could be two, but at least it's a thousand-year uh, contract. More than one year. <laughs> so that that a million-year contract. A few days after Mercedes confirmed that they are retaining Botas. Botas. For next year. The dominoes kind of fell this morning and yesterday. The all the releases are coming out today. Uh, it's been leaked all week, but I think again that we didn't really know how long Ocon was going to be going to Renault. And I guess what that does is free up what Hulkenberg to yeah. maybe go to Haas. Oh yeah. Oh, I feel I'd feel so bad for Nico. But is that a, is I guess the question would be if Hulkenberg goes to Haas to replace Grosjean, whose contract is up, 
is that a lateral move for Haas, or does that actually help them? No, I, th- I, I think, think that's a, it, I think they would be getting a much more yeah. consistent and regularly faster driver in Hulkenberg, who also, but he has much more experience, I think, and um, I think it would be a good move better for him at, at for Haas. Sure. Also, Hulkenberg, uh, he does have a better name. This, <laughs> this very well, we're recording. Another American Thursday. name for the American team. This very well could be announced by the time you listen to this, because that there was serious rumor that Hulkenberg was about to make an announcement at the spa weekend. Yeah, we're expecting something to dare tomorrow. So yeah, it's probably and that probably is it, right? I mean, there's no other team he'd be going to. I think I think it's you know I saw kind of like a like it's, it was almost like a sad rumor. It's like one of those rumors you know just is probably not true, but it was like some mumblings about Red Bull and something or something like that. And it, I think it just I don't think it's likely, but I think that it kind of highlights the fact that Hulkenberg is a driver who probably should have been given a chance in a fast car, like a properly fast car. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's kind of one of the, the most underfunded talents in F1. Well, yeah, he's already, he's always danced around the edge. You know, he had the Williams seat. He had a pole position in the wet. I think it was at Brazil that really shined. And he did a lot of things that really impressed a lot of people. <coughs> but it was never just quite enough. He didn't get that superstar status. Mm-hmm. So he never got placed in the same boat as Ricardo, Vettel, right. Verstappen, whoever. But, but whenever you see the like the the um you know, like the best raw drivers out there, you know, they always put like Alonso up there, they always put Hamilton up there. And Hulkenberg is almost always higher in like people's opinions of driver skill than what his results actually show. And that's something I just you know I think it's always it's always a little sad. You know? But isn't that everybody in F one today? If you're not named Lewis Hamilton, because your results you can't nobody can rely on the results that's anymore. True. Yeah, to some degree, but Hulkenberg still has had a long career at this point. Um, even though he's only yeah what, 32 the, no, or that, something. But that season with Williams, I'm pretty sure was 2011. I'll look that up now. Yeah. So, but the um, but I think. His name is always at the top of those just pure driver skill, um, raw ability lists. And um, Andy's friendly. Is he? Yeah, I shook his hand. He's very nice. Oh. Well, I guess the deeper dive is what happened to Renault this year. Weren't they supposed to be the, the number knock, – at least knocking on the door for that number four spot, and they've been nothing. Yeah, I mean, I think – I mean, I don't know for sure. You know, I mean, they, signed, they, uh, they signed Ricardo, and they thought that, ooh, we're going we're gonna to make a big splash. And yeah, I mean, McLaren done. has really been the one that took – you know, they went to the Renault <laughs> engine and wow. um, has really, uh, really uh, gotten much better improved – uh, much more than people thought. So yeah, they're really starting to figure that car out. The only downside is the new cars are coming. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, a little uh, too little, too late kind of thing. But the, um, but yeah, it's a shame that Renault hasn't um, been able to kind of capitalize in the last couple of years and and uh, keep moving up to kind of threaten. You know, and it's also yeah, we've had Ferrari underperform and Red Bull with the Honda totally overperform and i don't think anyone really saw that switch coming i did so uh, quick update it was uh <laughs> except for Rory. it was Rory 2010 for williams and nico hulkenberg yeah. so just and a decade, he had his just pole a, position just short of a decade ago yeah wow. and he is now 32 years old which right. in formula one terms is actually he's on the high getting mature and, yeah. you know he seemed older i mean he was on the velvet underground record 
uh, which was like 69. Uh-huh. That's good, Wesley. Yeah. It's a good Nico Thanks, joke. Wesley. I don't get it. Uh, we, the, the Velvet Underground on Nico. Nico, yeah. Oh, Not great. Nico, Not a I great. Was, I was stuck on the, the Hulkenberg part. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that's Formula One. Uh, thrilling. We're, he- we're headed into Belgium. Uh, always Best thrilling. race of the year. You know, uh, actually. Oh, hold on. Grim. Now, wait. Yeah, Suzuka's pretty darn No, Spa, Spa is just hands down Whoa. the best and my favite no, Formula One nope. track. See, have you ever been there? The best no. Formula One track, Spa's up there, but Suzuka's amazing, and the best race is almost too, always Robin? Mazda. Have you been? To, I'm Monza. Have you been to Suzuka? Monza's uh, good. I've been to Suzuka. I, think I want to go. Spa, Can I go? Yeah. Spa go and okay. Monza together are two of the best, just the best races. I, I think agree the, with Monza. The best yeah. race, Circuit of Americas, because it's the USGP, and there's nothing better than America. And I get to go. <laughs> America. Uh, <laughs> except Baku. Uh, always... That's, a, that's notably, always that's a, a bad notable race. List. Notably yeah. better than America. <laughs> oh. uh, the um, yeah, I got some really good pipe tobacco from Grandma out there in Belgium one time. But um, seems like a very Belgian thing to do. Yeah, I kind of there was like a phase where I was like, ah, maybe I'll be a pipe guy. Yeah. Can you take that home on an airplane? I think everyone goes through yeah. a phase there. Yeah. Didn't work out. Um, <laughs> as it turns out, I don't really. Did you get some uh, muscles? Samoise, I think it's called. What's that? Did you get some muscles? No, he could not bring those French fries. Uh-uh. Did you guys hear that uh, Walt Disney, uh, they got the big uh, Star Wars thing. Going out of business. They're giving away these bottles, these Coke bottles, uh, commemorative bottles. Yeah. And they're not allowed on the plane either as a carry-on or as a check-in. Why? FAA, uh, TSA, all those guys are saying no. It, wow. Because it's in the shape of a bomb, a bomb. Hand grenade or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so stupid. We so, should get rid of the TSA. So now you got all these uh, what, are they like people R two D twos or something. No, no, like no, little, no, I got I got I got to Google that. It later. doesn't look anything like a bomb. It, if you're <laughs> only if you're a real idiot, we should remember. Well, a bomb can look like anything. Yeah. The, yeah. Who's to say? The TSA though, we we should get rid of it. That's a good point, Mike. Ooh, I'm glad you brought that up. We're gonna get rid of the TSA. Yeah, it's an invention. They brought wow. they invented it in in. Uh, 2001 obviously uh it has a 95 or 97 percent failure rate it does nothing it's a huge waste of money just go back to the metal detectors on the way in and uh i think we've all every time i i I feel so happy every time i get to go through a metal detector yeah i i uh it just makes me feel good i do that every time because i refuse to go through the stupid machine i know i'm i'm both too too lazy and usually running a little late yeah. I'm perfectly timed. I'm always running That's late. That's how I like to think of I'm it. I'm always running late, timed. and I always make them pat me down because they hate it. And, uh, uh, <laughs> about the TSA, I think we've all accidentally smuggled something that should not have been behind the, yeah. the barrier. Oh, of course. And not, just not, not even just accidentally. Uh, uh, ooh. Yeah. But you can't get the toothpaste through. You go yeah. through, try to get through a five-ounce thing of toothpaste. No, it's a, it's a huge waste it, of time, and it's a national embarrassment, and we should get rid of it. Uh, there's no reason. I think it's that, an international embarrassment. Now, it's true. It? It yeah. re- you can get everywhere now. Yeah, no, all the, uh, all the people, foreigners come here, and they look at it, and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Anyway, WRC... Uh, Woo! Uh, Tanik, did you guys see that I uh, going into the weekend? I just tweeted the words "Oit Tanik." Th- that's it, and then he won. Uh, wow. wow! You should keep doing. This. I should do it. Yeah. Do somebody else. Roy, who's going to win the next yeah. rally? Yeah, I don't know. I have to think about it. I have yeah. to got to check the yeah, Twitter. Yeah, my Twitter. <laughs> I'll Jimmy, have to monitor Twitter more regularly. Jimmy, who is Tanik, and who does who does that person oh, drive man. for? Wow! Glad you asked, Robin. Give us give us the, uh, give us the skinny so, on Oit. Oit. So Oit Tanik is from Estonia. His dad called him Ot. And he is... Oh, that's... Uh, oh, shoot. There was a guy... Oh, man. Turn of the century. 
uh, Estonian driver. Marco he, Martin. Marco Martin, yeah. Who is his manager. Ah, there you go. Uh, who's going to come into this conversation shortly. Um, but So Oit Tanik uh, started Odd. his career at M Sport and was a really talented um really talented driver but he actually got fired from m sport three times <laughs> i think and then hired back um and then he do you know why he was fired those three inconsistencies times? Ah. Uh, and by inconsistencies um cool. you know there was the one where he uh flew off the road and ended up in a lake in mexico there, that, there's i a think that one was headline from today online. though m sport oh. hopes ford can aid in its bid to sign tannic so they want him back baby well yeah so <laughs> we're going on i think the it's either the third or the fourth time. I think it's actually the fourth time they would be hiring him back. But, but so, who does he drive through for so now? now he he's like a loose cannon rookie cop. team leader for Toyota. He um, sounds like he's a Disney present gift that won't go on flights. And he is basically, I mean, he's in command of the championship right now. So the Toyota is the fastest uh, rally car out there right now. Uh, Hyundai is close if they can be consistent. Citroen um, with Ogier has moments, but really the only reason they are still in the fight is because Ogier is A, uh, Ogier, and B, um, he's extremely consistent, So and he knows that. So if he needs to push, though, and the car is behaving strangely, um, they really are nowhere like they were in Rally Germany this past weekend. Is Tannic kind of a return to Colin McRae? ish style a little bit if he's when you say inconsistent i think about just so a little that's, being, that's being a little more wild behind the wheel interesting oit you know was inconsistent but then became extremely consistent and so and each time he got fired he got a little more consistent that'll do it which yeah so it turns out you only need three or four times and then you're you know the the rally god of the world but um so now he is not only he's kind of the perfect you know combination he is I think a trained engineer. Um, so he oh, gives now him, I like so him yeah, a lot. So he all gives of a sudden, yeah. feedback on the car and developing the car. Um, he is also brutally fast, but and also now extremely consistent. Last year and Estonian um, and Estonian to top it all off. That's a key. That's so a, a to um, quadruple threat. Last year the reliability of the Toyota was an issue, and this year they've still had some issues. Here, like he lost Sardinia a couple miles from the finish. Um, where the steering gave out. Um, and even in Rally Germany, he finished the rally with only one front caliper functioning. So the um, there are still some question marks there, and thus the M-Sport question where Malcolm Wilson, who's um, you know kind of well-known for putting together these total um, uh, Hail Mary deals, because he's, he's a small private team, you know, it says Ford in there, but they really don't support the team that much. Yeah. And the, but, but um, when they win, they wave the flag. Yeah, but, when they win, they wave the flag. But, 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 and M Sport, yeah. I mean, the clever team. They have a lot of experience rallying. It was M Sport that did the Bentley GT3 cars, right? Um, yeah. Not long ago. So they're they're kind of a similar outfit to like ProDrive, um, where ProDrive you know started in rally and then uh, got into uh, sports cars and did a couple other programs. Almost Formula One. Almost Formula One, but. Um, so Oit is basically Hot. the driver right now, um, and Toyota has an all-star team of very fast drivers. So it's Oit Tannock, Chris Meek, who was the um, Irishman who another one that Citroen dropped. Had questionable. He uh, is consistency. he is the one who is more in the vein of uh, McRae, who actually was his mentor, um, and 
but Meek, when he's fast, he's very fast and he's working on his consistency. And then also Yari Matilatvala, who is, I think, now the most experienced rally driver, WRC driver, maybe ever. Those is it three guys. He started uh, when he was like 12. Toyota, to, to, to <laughs> fun fact those three guys who finished one, two, three in, in rally Germany, Germany. In Germany. First time since '93, Toyota sweeps. Yeah, one, two, three. Which is which is pretty which cool. Brings it. I mean, that was probably under Carlos Sainz that that happened. Yeah, and that also would have been Carlos. I Sainz can't remember. Senior. Was the turbo the the TD turbo? Was that '93 or '94? Well, it couldn't it's have been. been they might have been running. They, <laughs> oh, yeah. they got kicked out. <laughs> right. So probably '93. Yeah. I don't know. Somewhere in there. But so it's a big deal. Um, Akio Toyota is a big rally fan and a big supporter of the team um and um yeah it was it was a great rally um the first two days were more exciting than the last one because Thierry Newville in the Hyundai was right on Tannock's um uh ass he was right on him Ooh, um, don't say ass on the podcast don't say ass oh we got a language Jimmy oh, Jesus Christ. oh sorry everyone that's a five dollar bill a fi- that's swear figuratively dog. and not literally since we're not actually racing up we got an email uh, from yeah. a guy who was disappointed because Mark Vaughn said shit in one of the oh Ooh, man well anyway so Thierry well, was Mark uh, says it. catching Oito but got a flat and unfortunately that kind of killed the the run for the the lead um, but still it's always a blast to watch the roads in Germany are pretty brutal um, and so it's always, it's always fun to watch. So, so what's next on the, uh, WRC schedule? Who, where are we going? Who's... Next one is the, um, the Baku of the WRC championship, oh uh, Turkey. Uh, so they go oh, yeah. to like this resort peninsula in Turkey. It's actually really beautiful. How's it um, going in Turkey now? With the Do they stuff? have resorts? In Tur- uh, oh, yeah, Erdogan yeah, is a, is oh. a big fan. What about the Trader the Gulan? There. He's a big fan. What about the Trader Gulan? Uh, He's the one sewing all the Discord and uh and Turkey. Know. Erdogan is to, uh, a great leader. To polish what up on he, our Turkey. What is he He's a big rally politics. fan. No, what does it say in Turkey? It's like uh technology and what's motorsport? No, what's the um they have a slogan, national slogan. Whoa. Oh. Um, it, is it technology? Uh, maybe not. That's not what I think. <laughs> uh, technology and resorts. No, he's a bad guy. He's a, and I also don't think that it's really uh Gulan orchestrating everything. Um, Couldn't say. I think we're going down the wrong path here. <laughs> you remember when? Uh, God, who was it? Um, <laughs> one of the guys from the uh, National Security Council or something tried to. He was going to kidnap uh, Gulan, <laughs> him and his son. How that had some stupid ass plan, like to catch him with a butterfly net and <laughs> just drop him off. So. Right. Who was he's that? like he's just he's just standing there with his kid watching a rally go by. You know, no, this is they brought it into. Promote the you know stuff, and you see some guy creeping up behind him trying to. I'm gonna try. A, I'm gonna try a run here. If if I were trying to kidnap somebody, I might try it in a uh, oh, NHRA it? car. It was Michael Flynn. <laughs> NHRA is a serious. Oh, that guy. Michael uh, Flynn. I think we're transitioning oh, to the NHRA. Is that yeah, one? we're trying to. Uh, was he at the rally? No, they were not. Oh. But they were. They were the ones who got in trouble because they were gonna try to kidnap. Uh, uh, they're going to get $15 million to kidnap Gulan, the trader. That's a little less That's than you would though. make for winning now, the U.S. National. Are you saying you trader on like on one who trades or one who He's has a deceived? Tra- a traitor. Traitor, okay. Do you think you would have to go more than 1,000 feet like NHRA top fuel dragsters? <laughs> there, now that's a I transition. I'd have to travel a few so hundred miles. So is Otanic going to win the WRC. title? 
It's looking really good. He yeah. has a thirty. He has a thirty-three point lead. He and he would be with the, four to go. Now that said, which is, I mean, which is basically last year, he's got basically one in hand right now. Right now, he's looking really good. So it would be the first time that someone not named Sebastian has won yes. the World Rally Championship in like fifteen years yeah. or something like that. Yeah, wasn't it nine um, for? Uh, well, the, nine the, uh, and Jimmy, the problem is yep. they made so many trophies just with Sebastian in it. Yeah, they, they have to make a new trophy. Yeah, they have to make a new mold. <laughs> yeah. the, the, uh, uh, the slogan, official sl- motto of Turkey is sovereignty unconditionally belongs to the people, exclamation point. I got to find this. It's that one. exclamation point that really yeah. drives wow. it home. But uh, yeah, so uh, I bet that was a product of a focus group. Um, you know, I mean, last year he did have a, a lot of technical difficulties, so the cars were not reliable. And it doesn't really take too much of that to for Thierry Newville to to catch up, because um, Thierry is fast. But I think um, he just again, it's the consistency. Has anyone called him Scary Terry Newville? I don't know. Because that's a good nickname. Uh, Erdogan, his personal uh, slogan is uh, "Bring strength to Turkey!" Exclamation point. So we're oh, still once looking. again the exclamation point we're still is looking for that. My, really bringing it home. My personal motto is deep fry the turkeys. Deep fry all <clears throat> turkeys because it's there's so much better mm-hmm. deep fried. Well, back to Mr. Tannock. Uh, just a teaser. Uh, the September twenty third <coughs> issue of Auto Week. We have a Auto Week the magazine. Auto Week the magazine. We have a little sit down with Mr. Tannock. And really, we are going to uh, <laughs> we are going to crown him uh, a worthy successor to the Sebastians. Wow. Whoa! Wow! He's earned wow. it. He's uh, he's he's kind of uh, wow. You heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. He's but win it. speaking of crowning things, uh, we're going to crown a U.S. Nationals champ here uh, Monday. And uh, do, they, do they fly through the air? Sometimes, uh, once in a while, once it's in a not good while. when they do. It's not good though. It's not good. It's not the. It's not the plan. It's no, not the plan. It's a combination of bad setup and. Uh, unfortunate luck is no, the U.S. Nationals. The U.S. Nationals for the NHRA. That's their Daytona 500. That's their Indy 500. Oh. It's a. It's a race that was uh, held in Kansas, then Detroit, and then Indianapolis. So here's what I was thinking. Uh, are we back to Turkey? Or are we yeah, back to okay? Regit uh, Regit <laughs> uh, Erdogan. Or, sorry, Erdogan. Man, Erdogan. Erdogan. Google's a dangerous a tool. Erdogan. <laughs> so his party, this is what I was thinking of. Big party in Turkey. Is the Justice and Development Party. That's what I was thinking. That's a pretty cool party. And, and they and the people at there are they're members of the Justice League. Who doesn't and... love Justice and Development? Anyway, U.S. Nationals. Yeah. Uh, it's the end of the season. Yeah, it's the end of their regular season, so there's a little bit of a double deal here, obviously. And we're headed to the playoffs. And then we head to their countdown to the championship. And we don't have a favorite in top field, do we? Uh Steve Torrance, he's I mean, a friend Steve of the Torrance, show. Friend of the show. Yeah. We have a favorite, the guy who we think is, we would like to win. Yeah, but do we have a guy who? Yeah, we, Steve is, Torrance is probably Torrance the is probably favorite. Okay, I mean he's been dominant uh, again this year, and last year he remember he ran, he ran through the entire countdown to win the championship. And but anything could happen in the countdown. Uh, anything could happen in the countdown. It's correct. They re- uh, the the scoreboard resets basically. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, another could story be. we're working on because you got guys like Torrance who's got a six hundred point lead right now. And which, in top fuel, which he gives back after this weekend's race, and yeah. he will have a, you know. Does he get a regular season championship? Do you get like a? Yeah, I'm sure you get a nice big trophy. trophy. Oh, oh, it's huge! Yeah. It's like the Patriots 16 and 0 regular season. Yeah. So you get you get the nice lumps of, uh, <laughs> and you get beat by uh, <laughs> the Eli Manning. <laughs> Not sure where that trophy actually gets put. Yeah. Um, but I I think the interesting thing about the NHRA when they implemented the this playoff thing, 
Like Kenny Bernstein wouldn't have been so dominant in, in top fuel machines had this playoff system been enacted during his tenure. I think Kenny Bernstein. Ken, oh, Ooh. like the bear? Huh? The bear? The Bernstein bear? But do we like this Bernstein? reset deal in general? Uh, I mean, you guys think, what do you think about resetting? I don't know. I mean, NASCAR think, does it. It's to be seen, honest, I think it's pretty goofy. And I think It's goofy, but do you want do you want an F1 situation where there's no reason to watch the last three or four races of the year this year? Yeah, I, mean, I, like, I, I like watching racing. Yeah, I think it's different because race, racing is a different thing, and I think the more you try to make it like a stick and ball sport, the sillier it gets. Well, I don't think they want to make it stick and ball, Rory. They just well, they want to make it a situation no, where they want there's a re- they, want, has, they want to give me a reason to watch the last race is, of the that's season. That's what I'm saying. They they want it to be like stick and ball where you get to the playoffs and there's a reason to continue watching. Right. It. That's that's what it, what I'm saying. But the TV fun- networks want it, don't they? Yeah, who gives a shit what they want? But Whoa. the thing, at least with <laughs> I mean, the TV NFL. networks are are pretty toast. The, yeah, they're they're abandoning. You know, they're they're not a long term solution. The best, for best way now right. for for promoting and watching racing and motorsport is online. I mean, yeah. streaming services like like the WRC Plus. Um, but where's all the putting, but where's all the money know, Amazon, gonna? I mean, Netflix, these drivers are gonna get some cuts and pay here if these TV deals. No, uh, and just go direct to the consumer. Somewhere else, Mike. I will yeah. say at least with the NHRA, it's kind of an outlier. If the season was settled up for whatever class you're in mid-year, that just means you can start throwing wild tunes at a car just to experiment. Well, you can't that. do that if you're in the hunt. I love it. You can't just like, let's set the clutch up so it hits almost immediately. Let's, let's try put under uh, overdriving the uh, supercharger. Let's try a bunch of weird stuff yep. just right. to yep. cheat for next year. Yeah, do they baby. have a big button called overdrive that they hit? They use pulleys. Yeah. It's, they should have a big button. Put a different this pulley. says overdrive on it. There's a um, com- bullet pulley combination to give you more uh, under overdrive. That's not as cool. Real quick, going back a couple topics. Hulkenberg is not officially signed up with anybody else, but um, Ocon is with Renault for a two-year deal. And it is still something that Renault did with Mercedes. So he is uh, still, so he's, still yeah. so he's definitely still. Does that buy Botas another year then? Do we think he's going to be a two? Oh, absolutely. Not necessarily. Okay. Has there ever been a Turkish F1 driver, Robin? Uh, like I'm going to say yes, so, but no. I have no idea who it no. is. I don't think there so. There was no. the Grand Prix, Whoa, really? but I no? think that was. The There's definitely been a lot of Turkeys. That was a good race, actually. <laughs> 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 Felipe Massa's best crash. Okay. Wesley, go back to pushing buttons, man. So the. The uh, man, he's gonna cut that out. Every burnout <laughs> just cuts it out. Uh, Isn't that amazing? Yep, it's almost like I'm in charge. Yep. The uh, so yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the playoffs thing. Okay. Honestly, I I like I do like the idea of giving some. You know, it does suck when the championships decided five. You know, halfway through the series or through the season, but um, the playoff thing is is goofy and it it just like it again. It seems desperate. And I think a lot of the problem with motorsports or one of the big problems with motorsports is that the people who run it uh across the board don't necessarily have a ton of confidence in their product or a ton of confidence in in their audience and so well they don't have confidence all, against you, the you, nfl but you know well, what who it gives is, a shit just just let yeah, the nfl be the nfl it's, it's racing yeah that you know if you still think we're gonna be playing tackle football in 50 years uh I, you know did you guys see the, the well, video that, that's a that here that's a good bet yeah, but what's going to guys... last longer? Tackle football or driver cars in racing? Yeah, I mean, if we all go autonomous in the next 10, 15, 20 I'd say years, racing. I'm gonna. I will guarantee you, we will. Well, I won't guarantee it, <laughs> but I would say it's <laughs> unlikely that we'll see 
uh, an autonomous race series in my lifetime. No, but what we see, but we'll, where will the drivers come from if, if everybody is in autonomous oh, cars? There'll still be people who want to drive. You know, little karting cars, tracks and I mean, where they're coming listen, from. There's now. still people who ride horses. I mean, exactly. most, of the, most of the race car still drivers. How's the horse uh, racing thing working out? But most horse race car drivers. It's, 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 it's a huge business. Yeah, it's yeah, huge it's business. Huge. No, it is. Have you been driving through Michigan to see all the tracks that have gone under? Have you just now? Have you been through several other parts? Have you been through Kentucky? I guarantee you there's fewer tracks today than there was 10 years ago. Well, the, the, the horse not built, is, no one's building a, a horse racing but that's not where have you did you guys see the um there was there was a video from like davos or whatever where the guy <laughs> gets up there and he's like why isn't anyone Betsy talking DeVos? about uh taxes did you see that and everyone kind of goes quiet and it was because no one wants to pay and no one wants to deal with it but it kind of reminds me of regardless of whatever you think of that it reminds me of like all of these race series and they're talking and talking, talking about wanting to get people there And it. They all start, they keep piling on things like downforce and just not fixing the product itself. So they come up with these cheap fixes like playoffs or, you know, um, push to pass DRS, all of this other the stuff. fan boost and formula E is fan is boost and formula E and all these shit. kind of contrived, <laughs> uh, gimmicks. And really all they need to do is just spend the time, make a car that is exciting, fast and exciting to watch. And then let the drivers be drivers and let them be interesting people again. I mean, when you look at like the famous like heroes that are the drivers, right? There are people like Senna, um, Unser, Andretti. Andretti. You know, and these guys, you know, Huge these guys had opinions. These guys had their own characters, you know, and I think a lot of those drivers like, I mean, Nico Hulkenberg would be a good example. Like, I'm sure if you said, Nico, go out and, you know, you tell tell how you feel. I think that would make Formula One much more exciting. It would make IndyCar much more exciting. It would make all these series. Much but more you can't exciting. make people be interesting. No, I mean, you just the, say like you the can't. Indy, but not the IndyCar series. You don't series. have to make them be interesting. You, you just, just say allow you, them. You just say. Well, no, no, but you. okay. We've all been in the IndyCar paddock. Instead of having that's a the PR nicest twenty guys on the planet. I'm not talking yeah. about. There's nice. nobody out there that. I mean, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Nice Mike, as in, I, what, what kind of? I mean, I don't think one of them's going to go after somebody or a big opinion that's going to get people fired up. Well, those are all a bunch of nice guys. Real quick, we don't have Tony Stewart in the IndyCar series right now. Real quick, it's 22 drivers, should. and oh, um, no, also, uh, it's not. They, they're nice, <laughs> but they Back also check. there's personalities. Yeah, there's personalities sure out have. there. Like I had real conversations with. Uh, Graham Ray Hall with Scott yeah. Dixon when sure I did they those have videos and the political opinions. I'm sure they have well, no. uh, p- p- opinions about st- stuff in society at large. So let's hear about that shit. Yeah, and, I think and they're putting them on their Facebooks and, to- and, t- and Twitter and all that not. stuff. They don't. You know? they don't. They don't talk. They don't do, talk well, about any of this. It's funny because you know uh, at Monterey Car Week, I yeah. interviewed Tommy Kendall, super interesting guy, and he was saying he. It's funny because I certainly. I'm sure you would agree with you. Just let the drivers be drivers. Mm-hmm. But he was saying, um, let let the cars be the cars too. Like yeah. he's saying, the the, the cars right. are missing the wow factor. Right. And he said, you know, it, you what I you know what I would do? I would have 1500 horsepower GT yeah. cars. Yeah. And he said this thing. He's like, but people tell me that's crazy. And I say, exactly. Right. And, but that is kind of the yeah, point. That's, you know, that's exactly it. And it's like you um not to not to bring everything back to WRC, but you like. You look at the new cars and it's generated a lot of interest. And it's because they've got all sorts of crazy looking weird wings on them that, you know, that are functional. But still, it's that gives them that wow factor and they're louder and they're poppy and they're super fast. But it also kind of um, I read an interesting opinion on, you know, on my nerdy rally blogs where like at the end of a stage, right, the driver 
comes to a stop, you know, after running a whatever, 15 mile stage. And the camera is boom straight into his face. And that's kind of why you get a lot of these, you know, how many rally videos are well, there? Most of, of the, like, most of the, most of the rally guys are like, they uh, try to go very fast. And uh, well, yeah. no, but if they have a, <laughs> but if they have a Z, bad one, yeah. if they have a bad one, though, they're like, I don't fucking know. Fuck this, yeah. you know, like, uh, please get I out hit, of my face. It's a large rock and, and uh, flip the car. Uh, it was yeah. a very big rock at <laughs> yeah. the fucking beep beep beep. The, t- you know, the like, tires made out of rubber. I punched a hole in the rubber know, tire. Yeah. Uh, you know, but still, it's that immediacy and they, the, jo- the John Force is hard for I them think, to honestly, be controlled. I, I mean, I think the big problem is the money. And I think, like, the reality of, of you know, especially stuff like NASCAR or whatever, it's like, I've said this a million times before, but it's it kind of overspilled its bounds and got too big. And the expectations of it to become an NBA or an NFL or whatever changed the priorities of it, um, which is fundamentally kind of intention. Uh, intention with what the true fans want it to be. So I think like, um, you know, there's, there are ways to fix that. And there's ways to bridge that gap, but like, um, corporatizing it and, um, it making it a, a TV thing, making it a, a huge sponsorship thing, uh, has not necessarily been great for it. I don't think. And I think that the long term, the, yeah, the, the, Reset on that has to be what are the expectations of TV? What are the expectations of sponsors? And if if the um, TV thing isn't the way to go, if it's streaming or if it's something else, then we need to figure out if we're okay with that. I think like that's, you know, again, it's in again, intention with what people expect out of businesses in the United States where it's like growth at all costs. We have to grow, 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 grow. We have to grow our uh, viewership. I think you you need to maintain viewership. You need to like um, make sure there's a future for your sport. But like, you're not going to make uh, NBA fans into NASCAR fans because there's a playoff. There has to be a different hook. It has to be either the cars or the drivers or Both. something that's a little bit more, a uh, little bit more um, engaging, natural, engaging. Yeah, but but is also more intrinsic to the sport it's not you know what i mean it's not a rules change it's not a package change it's like um why what is why is the sport fundamentally why is it good and why do people like to watch it and that's that's like that's all you have like you you can you can change the window dressing all you want but what you have fundamentally is like what is good about this and it's not playoffs it's not you know it's not um lasers or any other of that shit it's it's the um tangible um powerful uh like experience of being there and seeing the cars and having somebody you like uh in the hunt that's that's or someone that you hate in the hunt that's that's what it is so um i think we'll get back there i mean i think maybe some some ugly things have to happen in the meantime um i think we need to buy nascar first and if we buy nascar that means we could also get american flat track give me nascar um package deal. anyway yeah. i i have well i don't get paid until tomorrow but i could probably put a 100 bucks on it tomorrow i owe some money around the office and then i could i could throw 20 your way yeah, to yeah. get get a little bit in there yeah. just well, keep everyone keep rory off bring your trailer for a little while i haven't bought anything in in three weeks uh anyway so speaking of nascar uh we oh. talked with uh, darlington president 
uh, president of Darlington, uh, Carrie Tharp. Carrie Tharp. And what's Mike? What's there's, some, there's something going on over in Darlington? They're doing a race this weekend in Darlington. You talk about fun. The Bojangles Southern 500 at Darlington Raceway. Uh, what makes uh, Darlington so special is its throwback themes. Uh, teams will bring their throwback liveries yeah, and uh, fans will bring their throwback you know, wardrobes. And, and this year's the early 90s. And I heard, and you, you'll hear in a little bit, a rumor of uh, some uh, Days of Thunder liveries. Ooh, we have a Days of Thunder livery in this year's uh, field. And Carrie Tharp, president of Darlington Raceway, uh, tells us all about it. got a special guest today uh carrie tharp president of darlington raceway uh the place of all the fun this weekend in nascar uh i got the bojangles southern 500 one of the i mean that's got to be one of the gems on the series now isn't it carrie well mike we really think it's definitely one of the uh, crown jewels of the sport you know everybody wants to win the daytona 500 i mean it's our super bowl and always will be but I can tell you, right below, right behind that, not too far behind, is the uh, Bojangles Southern 500. And so we're extremely excited about this weekend. Uh, it'll be the fifth year that we've done our throwback platform. And that's caught on and, and been very, very exciting for the sport, for our fans, and for, you know, the teams and everybody involved. And, uh, you know, it just seems like each year that gets bigger and better. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's great to, to be back on Labor Day. We got that back about five years ago or so. So uh, really look forward to this weekend. We think we're going to have a super event. Well, Kerry, you talk about being one of the jewels of the series right now uh, of, the, of the season. It's got to be one that the drivers and the teams uh, look forward to probably more than any of them because, I mean, the pressure is different at, at the Southern 500 than, than it would be at Daytona or at, uh, you know, the finale or even the opening, uh, you know, or the Brickyard. I mean, you talk about all these other great races, but, but Darlington's a lot more fun, isn't it? <laughs> well, I think they're all fun in, in each in, in, in their own way. Uh, but, you know, the throwback weekend is really, really a neat deal. And it gives fans the opportunity to pause and reflect back on the history of the sport, uh, the tradition of the sport, the heroes of the sport. It's like walking down memory lane. And uh, it gives, you know, the fans love it. The teams get into it with their paint schemes or throwback uniforms, things of that nature. It's, it, it really becomes a quite a... Uh, a, uh, a, a lot of fun for the fans and, and for the teams and really the media embrace it as well. So uh, I'm, I'm like you, it's kind of like a reunion, Mike. It's really become like a reunion uh, for the sport, for everybody to come to Darlington Labor Day weekend, have a reunion and, uh, and uh, enjoy themselves. Well, Kerry, it, it, the theme this year I, I hear is uh, the, the early 90s, uh, particularly, right. I guess, 1990 to 94. When I first saw right. that, I go, Man, am I that old that this is now a throwback uh, weekend? I mean, we, I, I got kids in my office that you know haven't even been born yet, you know, in, in that era. So uh, it, it's right. it's crazy. I mean, we are definitely aging. But that ninety to ninety four yeah. era that that sure was an interesting era. I mean, we look at it, and especially with the Southern five hundred, uh, you know, that was uh, yeah. Dale Earnhardt uh, Senior's last year of winning a championship in ninety four. That's you know hard right. to believe, hard to believe twenty five years ago. Uh, no you know, Daryl Waltrip's last win uh, was at the mm-hmm. at the 
Southern 500 in, in 92. Uh, you know, you guys have had all the history with with Davey Allison, Neil Bonnet. Uh, I mean, this is a this is a glory year, uh, era, I guess, for uh, Darlington, wasn't it? You know, it really is, and it was for the sport as well, Mike. Uh, that 90 to 94 era, I mean, Richard Petty was winding up his Hall of Fame career. Uh, and then a guy by the name of Jeff Gordon was uh, was coming coming into the sport. So uh, just a really neat uh, uh, situation uh, for the sport. Like I said, you're 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 having one one icon leave the sport and another one join the sport. And you know, as you mentioned, Dale Earnhardt. Just my goodness, um, uh, what a, what a what a terrific uh, driver he was, um, and the impact he had on the sport. You know, during that time, too, you had guys like Mark Martin win and Harry Gant. And Harry's going to be at the race uh, over the weekend. And and so well, he doesn't, it's really he doesn't a, get out more, does he? We don't see Harry a whole lot. He doesn't get out a whole lot. He goes on Kyle Petty's charity ride, things of that nature. But we invited him uh, to come back. He's so popular around sure. here. He won several times at Darlington, you know, the the handsome Harry, you know, and, and so they, they, they love him, and I think he'll get a great uh, response from the well, fans. Well, the, the Skull Bandit, we all remember that car. I mean, that was Harry Gant. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, that, that again, that era, I mean, you got to remember, uh, uh, I mean, Daryl uh, Waltrip, that, uh, his last win there, again, it's hard to believe how long ago some of these uh, accomplishments were. Uh, is is Daryl, or I'm sorry, is DW, is he going to be back for this thing? We know he's retired no, he's now. Not, he's not able to make it. I certainly wanted him to be here for this. He came a couple years ago, but he's not able to make it. He had a family commitment that uh, he could not get out of. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're right. It was his last win uh, in his career came at Darlington. And, uh, you know, it's a special place for him as well. And, uh, you know, it's really cool. We've got the Labonte brothers are going to be the Grand Marshals oh, of the Bojangles cool. Southern 500 Parade. You know, Bobby's already in the Hall of Fame, or excuse me, Terry's Terry already is, yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Bobby's going in this year. Uh, and it's kind of interesting. A guy like Terry Labonte, his first ever win was the 1980 Bojangles Southern 500. His last win was the 2003 Bojangles Southern 500. So nice. 23 years span in there, and he... <laughs> He, he had bookend wins here at Darlington. That's pretty cool. Oh, that is cool. Hey, I, this is also a big year for the Speedway, isn't it, down there at Darlington? Isn't this your 70th year of operation? Absolutely, Mike. It's the 70th running of the Bojangles Southern 500. Wow. I mean, that's a long time to be able to continue to run a race uh, consecutively like that. And, you know, we, we've we've really excited about that. And we've got to, we're also honoring David Pearson. Uh, the Silver Fox, 10-time winner here at Darlington. I, I don't think anybody's ever going to win that many times here again. And he passed away last November. Yep. Of course, he's South Carolina native. And he was a fan favorite here for sure. we got his three sons coming on Sunday, Larry, Ricky, and Eddie. Oh, nice. I think it's been a while since all three of them have been at the racetrack. And so uh, this is the type of thing that we want to have. We want to have a, a, a reunion we want to have times when fans can get together and celebrate the past, present, and also look towards the future. So, Kerry, what, what's the wardrobe this weekend as a fan? <laughs> what, am, what are you guys wearing down there? I mean, this is well, probably this is a little bit. A, this is post mullet, uh, isn't it? Mullets yeah, aren't in yet. I, I think you're going to see a little bit of everything, but I think you're going to see some loud, wild colors. If you recall, sure. back in the early '90s, people were kind of wild looking and colorful. 
so forth. But what, what I really remember most about the 90s, early 90s, is that when people still actually communicated by talking. What? You know, there wasn't that texting going on. And, and, and you know, you can be at a table now at dinner of people and, and nobody's talking. They're texting or they're looking on their phones. And so that really didn't happen back then. So I guess if one thing I try to equate the early 90s to, it's it's uh, it's what people actually still sat down at the dinner table and actually spoke to one another. And we're talking with Kerry Tharp, uh, president of Darlington Raceway, uh, talking about a lot of fun going on up there this weekend. Well, yeah, the, the, you talk about the cell phone era that we're in now. I mean, can, can you guys ban cell phones for this weekend because it's a 1990s weekend? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we could ban cell phones for the weekend, <laughs> but uh, I tell you what, it would be kind of neat to, to go 24 hours without one. We'll see what happened. I mean, I think people would probably go crazy if they didn't have a cell phone or something of that nature. But, you know, it's 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 you know, it's just a chance to try to, like I said, catch your breath. Uh, you know, Labor Day is kind of that last holiday that you have before people go back to school and things return to normalcy. And, you know, you start taking your kids to soccer practice or dance recitals and things like that. And so it's a really, really cool time that you can still get together and have a family outing. Well, and they tried to take that race away from the Labor Day weekend, didn't they? Well, they did several years ago, back in the mid, early to mid two thousands. Uh, we 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 lost the date, and you know the sport was trying to do some different things, and and uh, maybe try to get into some new markets and so forth. And um, and and Darlington kind of landed on Mother's Day there for a while, and in the spring. But then coming back in two fifteen, uh, we got the Labor Day back. Uh, that's when we instituted the throwback, and let me tell you, it's a great marriage. Uh, the throwback and the Labor Day fit together quite well, and really, I'll tell you what's cool is now next year, 2020, we're the lead race in the playoffs. Oh, so right. we're on Labor Day. It'll be the sixth year of our of our uh, uh, throwback platform, and we're the lead race in the playoffs. Now, are you running out of eras yet to honor? I mean, what are you? Have you, have you got a no, target we, for next year? No, we've got plenty of eras. We, we, <laughs> we'll, we've got plenty of. We're even thinking next year, maybe doing the 1950s, maybe having wow. a big sock op here at Darlington. You know, <laughs> so that's what we're thinking about doing, maybe for next year. But we've got plenty of eras, and you know, really, when we don't really sometimes, <clears throat> you know, we do like to 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 have an era to look at, but we also don't restrict the teams or really even the fans from throwing it back. You know, a lot of the paint schemes do have something to do with the early nineties, but a lot of them don't. So it's whatever suits them the best, whatever fits their model the best. We're all for that. And I hope you get a chance to get through the the paddock a little bit and get to look at some of those paint schemes. Don't you get you get time during the race weekend to do stuff like that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I would definitely do that. They're all very creative and colorful, and you know the teams take a lot of pride in it, and you know it's it's something that really makes you feel good. And a lot of those paint schemes are, are paint schemes that we're going to remember, but we may have to Google a little bit to see which driver it was yeah. uh, for, which is kind of fun. No, absolutely, you know, a couple stick out in mind. The number twenty-four car, William Byron, has the uh, Days of Thunder paint scheme. Oh, nice! Uh, the City Chevrolet, that's pretty cool. Uh, I think Michael and Ned in the uh, Xfinity Series is driving a, a paint scheme off of Jeff Gordon's old Baby Ruth car. Uh, you know, there's just several of them that that are out there. It's uh, it's really neat to see everybody participate. Well, I'm sure teams are already scrambling on the on the drawing board to figure out their 1950s uh, 
theme for next year. Because, you know, these, these things don't come together overnight. I mean, I know a lot of these teams talk about this even in the off season at the at the media days and things like that. This is a big deal. Well, they do. In fact, I'll never forget my first year at Darlington. We just fed, had the race, and then I was at Daytona. Uh, I guess it was the uh, Daytona of 17. And uh, I was in the garage, walking through the garage during speed weeks, and Eddie Wood from Wood Brothers uh, was almost on a dead sprint to come track me down. And he said, hey, man, we're working on our throwback theme for, for Darlington. And this was in January or February that he was talking about this. And so that's the kind of thing that makes this thing pretty unique. Kerry, we're going to let you get back to work. This is obviously a big day for you, uh, kind of the eve of all the good fun stuff going on over there. And, uh, uh, gosh, I wish I could be down there with you guys. I'm going to try to make it down there next year for that 50s thing. And it just sounds like, uh, you know, you guys got a hit on your hands and just keep it going. Well, thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, you all have a great day. You got it. Take care. Uh, so throwback time, pretty exciting stuff. Oh, throwback, uh, Thursday. You could I say. would like to go to that someday. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. I'll go to that. I think that would be a good fun. You want to go to Thursday? Darlington. Today is a half, oh, today is a half day. I'm sure flights are pretty cheap. Oh, that baby. throwback. Just abandon the family. Dumb. I got to go to Darlington. <laughs> I'm going to see Darling. Maybe we could take him with me. Ooh, that's an option. Yeah. Um, have you do, you do have a race, race baby. Yet. What's that? Have the kids been to a NASCAR race yet? I know they've been to a couple uh, indie races. No, they've not. Um, they've seen NIMS races and they've seen indie races, but they have not. I wonder. It's the big show, baby. I wonder if. Hey, what about your kid? Has he been to a NASCAR race yet? No. I wonder if that'll be and more my, fun my to children, watch. My children yeah, have also not been to a NASCAR race. You can see the whole thing. They can see the whole thing. Like the cars yeah, just right. Around. Instead of just cars going past one way, one way real fast. And the color and the shirt. I mean, the yeah. show there is, uh, is big. It's yeah. not Indy 500 big, but it's big. Yeah. Um, but if you also want to watch some 90s liveries and you don't want to go to Darlington, just pop in Days of Thunder. No. Uh, so we did, uh, we got a um, reader from Blake. From Blake. Blake, guy, don't know a last name. Swan, isn't it? Oh, is it Blake Swan? Yeah. He's a he's an avid fan. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a good dude. And he's a, a big uh, Auto Week fan. He's always checking in with us, always keeping up uh, on the social, leaving some good comments. Um, but uh, he had a question about what we thought about. And don't get mad, reader, because you've probably heard this question asked, but would you buy a Mustang uh, or a Camaro? And I think what we should do with that, um, it's something we talk a lot about around the office. Um, we should talk about each individual, like, Basic trim level. We're gonna skip the ones you don't want. Uh, so obviously we're gonna, we're only gonna talk about the V eight powered ones, right? Yeah. Yep. The uh, and there are a lot of cool options like the two liter turbo uh, ZL one or sorry one uh, LE thing is very cool. Extremely um, cool. Yeah. The uh, must Mustang uh, turbo is great. Uh, and there's a the performance pack version of that as well. Yep. Yeah. The new Mustang turbo should be pretty. Um, nice. But let's be honest. I mean, just for the just for the sake of brevity, um, we're going to have to talk about the V8 cars, um, the ones that you would get. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna say two uh, right off the jump, jumping bat here. Right off the hop. I really like the Mustang. I had the um, 
that performance pack track day experience a year ago ish. Um, I've loved the GT three fifties that we've had. Yeah. Um, they're very comfortable and, uh, accommodate the kids seats and all that stuff. Um, but I am enamored of the, uh, Camaro alpha Jesse. Um, it is unreal. The, the, um, the level of feedback that you get and like how, just how good those cars are to drive all the way from, um, the base car all the way up to the ZL one, one LE, um, just probably my favorite chassis in the business right now. Tra- favorite, like maybe short of ND two Miata, but yeah, maybe. Um, but just unreal how good it is. So I'm going to come down Camaro on every single variant. Um, but I want to hear what really? you guys have to say. Yeah. Camaro, well, every single. Variant. Well, again, this is a car you own. Here's what's fascinating mm-hmm. to me. It, so I there's two things that I think are really important to say. First is that um the market has spoken and mm-hmm. mustang is a widely owner. prefers yeah. the mustang which is a little bit disappointing a little bit ironic well i think a lot but of it is you get the retro styling there's a bunch of old guys buying these cars there, there's there's some of that i think uh ford made some good practical decisions in terms of like being available world world market and mm-hmm. a little bit more everyday user friendliness stuff like that but i think the most important thing is both of those cars are so much better because the other one exists. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter which one's better. The two need each other to be good. I will say I I the both both of the most recent styling updates I'm not as crazy about. So either the Ford with the big mouth or the um the one Camaro. year Camaro up, update. Yeah, yeah I'm kinda, <laughs> that one's kind of going to take some time to grow on me. Um, well, by the time, oh, this is Graham jumping in here. Hey, Graham. Hey. Graham's here now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Jake's also here now. By, by the time uh, yep. it grows on you, they will have refreshed it away. So yep. that probably won't be a problem. Yeah. Um, well, same thing for me. The 15 Mustang, when they did the big redesign, liked the 18 or whatever it was. I think yeah. the nose redesign, I'm like, eh, not so much. But the GT350 and the 500 stay the same. Stay the same yep. And so they and still the, look And uh, the bullet stays the same, too. Right, you get the little nose in the bullet. No, I think the bullet has, but a bullet has the current nose, like the eighteen, nineteen nose, not the not the seventeen nose. Hold on, let me look. Uh, I, I know. Check on that one. It's on the uh, it's the fog lights where you can tell. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also the accent lighting and the headlights and the big old. But yeah, I Alpha. mean, from a pure driver's point of view, I'm one hundred percent with you on the Camaro. The Alpha chassis, which was first seen on the Cadillac ATS. Mm-hmm was really good and then they came out with the ATS V and I was like man this thing's solid if it had a V8 That's this thing would one. be yeah. pretty tremendous and then the Camaro came out and that was basically an ATS V with yeah. a V8 yeah. yeah yep the car that they should have made but didn't and yeah an and it's not about it's not about looks or anything like that it's just I'm just, um, purely the way it drove it was phenomenally good I do think that the uh the ZL11 LE is the most menacing looking car, maybe, uh, short of like a. I mean, the ZL1 in general, right? I think the 1LE and ZL1 look the yeah, same, but right? The, no, no, the no, 1LE no, no, no. has the dive planes and like the oh, yeah, giant, no, okay, yeah, like yeah, extended right. wing. I mean, that, the just, ZL1 looks mean as hell, period, yeah. but the new GT500 looks pretty mean too, like a big old. Open I don't know. Yeah. The only way yeah. the ZL1 1LE could be meaner is if they made the spoiler to like two swords <laughs> and, and just you did that. Big gun on the front. The, uh, a huge gun on the front. But so the bullet, the bullet is the updated look. It's oh, got like the triangular fog. Yeah, that's not bad. I think it looks good. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say Camaro in every case except for the GT350. That like GT350 that, looks phenomenal. I think the Camaro, low, for me, long. 
drives a little bit better, um, at least for what I'm doing, which is not track. Um, the interior is a little bit goofier. I don't know how else to the put Camaro. it. There's, yeah, there's some interesting ergonomic choices in there. But the materials feel um, a little bit better. Yeah, but it's just exterior looks aside from the strange mustache lights. Um, you know, it's not trying to be totally retro, which mm-hmm. I, I do respect, even though the Mustang looks good. But being able to get that flat plane crank V8 in the GT350 yeah. kind of trumps all that for me. Well, what it, about that 650 horsepower ZL1 motor? No, the sound <clears throat> sound of the V8. Yeah, that flat plane is, is, is better. Yeah. yeah. So okay. the look, the Wait, look and sound well, of that car. Hold on, hold on. The GT three hundred and fifty R also handled phenomenally well. Yeah. Is, I mean, the, that was an incredible car. Okay, so let's go. Let's well, go. They still make it. It still is an incredible car. Let's go. Uh, yeah, when I drove, it, which was a was. <laughs> let's go thing by thing. I, Jake, I, I, I hold it. up though. Let me get my general overall here because I own a fourteen Mustang, so last body style. Looks wise, I think I would take the Mustang. Up until the ZL1, which I still actually looks like the old one, still not like the mm-hmm. new one or like the last one I saw anyway. Um, engine wise, chassis wise, goddamn it, Camaro, um, except for the the GT350 like Graham, because that that car was just fantastic. Yeah, the, I uh, the GT350s, the the side the profile view of those cars is mm-hmm. unreal. Like mm-hmm. the low mm-hmm. with the big vent uh, yeah. off the rear, front tire. That's a really special car. You That's can really tell. Cool. You can tell what they are. I mean, there were a bunch on Woodward, and you could tell what they were a quarter From mile away. Yeah, just something. You know, just all the subtle things. Even looking at them, it's the it's the height. Yeah. I mean, they, they're so low. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, yeah, Anthony at the, uh, has one in the office, and it, it is phenomenal. Still, car. might be the best brakes I've ever like a top three brakes I've ever used. Those those dual those two piece aluminum what about, rotors. What about your brake? Your brakes on your car? They're good. I mean, they work. They're fine. They're and they don't fine. feel like that, though. I mean, they feel good, better than most of the new brakes that we get in yeah. now, but not as good as those things. Those were like, you know, if you like one inch of travel, which is what I like. We should so. really talk about that Veloster on at some point, too. Oh, God, Jesus so Christ, good. that yeah. thing is. I'm really looking forward to driving it. I mean, we should all just buy one because they're $23,000. Uh, 27000 for really? the for the end. Yeah, yeah. For the, everything that we have for the, this one? No, no, no. It's the one we so, have is like 30 something. Uh Nunez was telling me that uh Beerman, uh who the old BMW guy who mm-hmm. d- developed Al- the N, yep. yeah. prefers yeah, prefers the he actually personally drives the lower spec N. So it's the less horsepower or oh, the non-performance pack one yeah, or whatever. But it's yeah. got a little bit more sidewall. He said it's way more fun. Hmm, I'm trying to think because I drove it for the first drive. We drove the performance this one, one fucking rips. It, at Thunder uh, Thunder Hill, and then I'm trying to remember the one we drove on the street. If it was the non-performance pack or not, I don't remember. So maybe it was a, a teeny bit more streetable, but also just I like as this fun. One. Anyway, back so, to the Mustang, Mustang Camaro. Camaro. So let's start. Yeah. What's the base base? So base is SS for the Camaro, or okay, is so, it LS? So we're not we're not going to any of the. What's well, let's talk no, about no, V8. We're, cars. Yeah, we're skipping everything right, so short of the V8. This is kind we'll of, be here all day talking about all the four cylinder uh, recent news uh for 2020 they're gonna have an lt1 and i also don't know anything about any of the smaller ones okay that's fine well i have this torque if you want or the numbers if you want Uh but uh lt1 it's gonna have the v8 so it's gonna be under the v uh, under the ss but have the v8 for 34.995 wow that's That's dirt cheap that's before uh destination handling which i think is Uh, oh yeah a thousand bucks or something like so the um what motor is that though that's the the V8. The, that's the six two. Yeah, the six two. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's kind of compelling. So that's and that's gonna have like you know it's gonna be a, a good base model with like cloth seats and all that stuff. Wow, that's yeah. cool. 
um, for 34. And then the SS is 37, so three grand more. And then you get oh, some more. But you want that a lot. You want amenities. SS, though. I mean, I don't know. I I had to see if it's just interior stuff and and suspension like, and well, if it's suspension, then it's different. But if it's not suspension, I mean, if the suspension's the same as the SS, then I'm, I guarantee it's not. Okay, so let's go. Let's start with the ones that exist currently. So SS versus GT. Uh, SS is thirty-seven nine nine five. Uh-huh. Uh huh. GT is thirty-five six three zero. Oh. Ooh, a little cheaper. So a little bit cheaper. Um, uh, four sixty and four twenty for the Mustang GT uh, horsepower and torque. And four fifty five, four fifty five for the Camaro. So you get a little bit more power on the Mustang. A little more peak horsepower power and yeah. a little bit less, a little less torque. Yeah, torquey torque. Well, or, and that I mean that goes that goes to one of the more fundamental differences between those cars. You know, the Camaro, uh, just like a Corvette, has stuck to cam in block. Yeah, small block. The V8s. correct. And uh, Ford, you know, since the nineties has gone modular cam modular engines. Goofy. So they tend to rev a little better, but yeah, torque isn't quite as easy to make. Yep. Um, but the, uh, so, and then, okay, we'll, we'll skip. Okay. So starting with the base SS base GT, I'm going to go. Uh, See, and the thing is this, they're so close performance wise. I mean, at yeah. that, at the, around the 450, whatever, okay, it's almost on looks basically. I mean, you unless you're yeah, checking what, all the time. What are you gonna buy, Jake? Jake, the, you're on the clock. The Mustang. Okay, Graham, go with Camaro. Camaro, it's lighter. Mm. Now again, we're talking about cars we want to own. You're on the clock and look at yep. all day. Yep. You gotta go with the Mustang. That Camaro looks so bad. Okay. Uh, even the the 19 one. They it's only the, uh, like 60 up. pounds. I don't, 60 pounds I, lighter. I'm not, like seeing it on the road. Short of the the L, L, one L. Uh, yeah, one Jake, of these. Do you have numbers in front of you? I mean, I think generally speaking across the board, as you go up in performance, the Camaro stays roughly 200 pounds lighter than no, the Mustang. Well, the, the latest uh, SS <clears throat> was, uh, excuse me, 36.85, and the latest GT was 37.43, so about 60 pounds. Okay, they've, 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 they've narrowed it a bit, but fundamentally, well, when the Camaro is lighter than the Mustang. When the Camaro made that last switchover just recently, I think they gained some poundage back so to the Mustang. So one thing that's interesting for me to consider with this stuff is I always play this game too, Uh who, which company is more supportive of motorsports and car culture is always part of my equation. <laughs> okay, yes, you're one of the ten people that think that. No, I, it, I think if if we're in our business, we should be thinking about that because that's yeah. Kind but of like, normal people don't think that. No, no. no like, but which it, car should I? We're not buy? talking about normal people, man. We're talking about us. Well, if that's the case, we need to throw Dodge into the ring because uh, they're they're that, somewhat supportive. I mean, they their commercials are burnouts and yeah, and but they they don't do shit for motorsports. What about? Uh, well, not for. Well, they have. I mean, they have motorsports. And I try. That's it. Um, and Trans Am. Yeah, Trans Am. But I don't think they. I don't know that they factory support anybody in Trans Am. Well, isn't Dodge kind of the roadkill nights thing? I mean, they kind of put that. Well, out. they sponsor Motor Trend. To <laughs> so roadkill. Uh, no, I. I actually That's, don't know that they do that anymore. I thought uh, that was like a Dodge production. No, it's, it's Motor Trend. It's Motor Trend. But it, well, then how come there's only Dodges out there? Because uh, they not. own. They own the sponsorship. Hmm. A roadkill is presented by Dodge. And there wasn't just Dodges out there. I mean, well, could they have done that without Dodge? No, okay. I mean, unless you got a different sponsor. You know, it's interesting because presented Ford, by Hewlett Packard, Roadkill Knights. I think does some cooler motorsport stuff, but they tend to do it in fits and starts. Yeah, I they think don't have GM, long-term support. GM yeah. is more sustained. Yeah, you know, and there's that's, been Corvette racing that's, for twenty that's years historically, standing. and like the Ford right. GT at Le Mans, IndyCar, super cool. But like Chevy uh, Ford, splashy, very splashy. GM is in every 
almost every series that exists except for WRC. Uh, yeah, and like Formula One. Short of like the Dutch touring car and everything, like the smaller regional. The old Meisterschleife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Any, every major series Chevy has their hand in the. Yeah, and that that is worth an awful lot to me as an enthusiast, um, which probably colors a lot of this too. Um, okay, so base GT, those are answers for that. Okay, I might, now I we, might go Camaro. I might switch mine. Sorry. Okay, switch back. No, you, okay. Here's ahead, the next next, next opportunity. Uh, we're gonna go Camaro SS One LE versus Mustang GT Performance Pack Two. two. Wait, okay, I don't have the prices for all that. That's, yeah, don't uh, worry about it. <laughs> Let's just go with our guts right, on say, this. One. Say it again. SS One LE yeah. or Performance Pack Two. My my original thing was Camaros, except for the GT Three Fifty, because they're mm-hmm. they're better chassis mm-hmm. and engine, and I will. And without that little that little thing notwithstanding, I will say Camaro on this one too. Okay. I'm still still Camaro. Yeah, the one LE package is is strong. Camaro. Good. Yep. See, I'm the performance pack too and is it, very good though. Right? Yeah, it, it does great. change the front end of the car a little bit. So I'm so frustrated that Chevy took away that stupid atomic green color that I love. Did they? Yeah, it's not available on the 19s and uh, I'm guessing 20s. Well, you got well. friends over there. I'm sure if you wanted to build one, they'd help you out. They probably would. It's um, called Mako, man. Yeah. MAACO. Wrap uh, that B. So going back yeah, to my previous vinyl, point, vinyl the, the SS1 Ali is such a good car. It's like, forget forget how it looks regardless. Like that, that is the car to buy if you're trying to buy like a performance car that you can track and enjoy. The Camaro 1 Ali is, Except, SS1 Ali is fantastic. We're talking the... The old front end or the current front? It end? doesn't matter. You could have a picture. Season you could have an emoji on the fa- front of the car, and I'll still buy it. I don't care. Okay. So SS one leave. Okay, we did that. We got. Uh, now we're stepping up. So this is where things get a little asymmetrical to me because with the Mustang, you can go up to the GT three fifty, GT three fifty R, right? Well, and five hundred for twenty twenty, but just the available yeah. cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there really isn't an equivalent. Camaro. It's really like SS1 LE is there, still there. There was yeah, the Z28, in the Z28, yeah. which is no longer. And that was right. on the Zeta platform. Yeah, And we're still waiting to see the Good alpha platform. That was the was best killer platform. That was the best car on that platform ever. It was one of the last ones. It was a LS7, so-so platform that they absolutely Pirelli Trofeo R's. Yeah. Yep. And the Multimatic. And the Multimatic uh, uh, DSSC. And the Trofeo R's as well, yeah. You know, I was last year, there was a new one. In a dealership in uh, like Alabama, I remember that for like forty-five grand. For forty grand, it was like just sitting. It's probably still there, but uh, no miles, brand new car, black, black, uh, manual transmission. I should have probably found. The thing is, if you that is awesome and that Z28 is so good, but I can almost see why it didn't sell because the new one is a better platform, almost the same power, cheaper. But completely different Cause fundamentally. Because that, that Camaro was only 505. It was the old. Yeah, but it's an LS7. Right. And it was 75 grand. Though. Yeah, and it was 75 grand when it was new. Or yeah. 40. You didn't have to deal with direct injection. Well, see, you didn't have to deal with. Right. In which case, it would be harder to compare with the GT350. Because that's six, the GT350 is 59, 59 grand, 60 grand. The, Jake, the difference between the LS and the LT motors is huge in terms of aftermarket support. Mm-hmm. So the LS seven. Well, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking it, about. Well, let me, I'm just gonna. Well, think I'm gonna it. jump the line. I mean, I the Mustang GT three fifty and three fifty R was incredible, and I would pick that so, over most anything. Yeah, definitely the one LE, the ZL one though. 
Well, yeah. but yeah, that's no, the thing. Still, the, we're, well, not, we're, not, we're not doing that. No, yet. no, the, the, the ZL1 is in a different a, a class. Different, it's a different animal. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. ZL1's a 200 mile per hour car with a, a much larger price tag. The um, GT350 kind of stands on its own because of the timing of things. Because there's Just no Just like the Z28. Z28 stood on its own yeah. when it was around. So, and it's it's an incredible So car. almost by default, GT350 is going to win this one. Right. Um, which, hard to argue with, is a fucking awesome car. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is the uh, vinyl stripes. I would get it striped. Pull away. immediately, pull those off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's yeah, the vinyl stripes, so bad. That's you, such a. Terrible you can one. remedy that with the 500 though, but it costs like four grand or something. I think you stripes. can actually order a, a Mustang without the stripes. You can totally can yeah. on, the op- on the option sheet, but the GT500 will have paint stripes as well. Oh, uh, okay. Paint stripes are fine. It's just the vinyl. It's so tacky. It looks so on, bad. on a nearly sixty thousand dollar car. It looks so bad. Mm. They and you walk up to them and they like. They're raised, and they, I mean, it looks like he did them at home. Yeah, it's not not it, a good look. Um, but, but they they do come off pretty easily. To be though. fair, it looks like you did a good job at home. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you, you tried hard. Yeah, um, no air bubbles, no no stretching, um, no like little wonky turns. Anyway, um, so this one too is kind of different because no one here has driven the GT five hundred. But it's right. pretty squarely aimed at the ZL11 LE. Um, it's going to be 760 wow. horsepower. The ZL163 in the 1 LE package is 7, so 70. And the yeah, the GT is 73.995. So, yeah. yeah, they're very, very close. Uh, Mustang's getting more power. GT500 uh, is 760 and 625. And the ZL1 is 656.50. Well, and, I mean, this time around, Ford is... Ooh, both within a dollar of horsepower. Like, each dollar is the ex- uh, horsepower is the exact... Almost the exact same. Ford is bastards. Ford is claiming that this iteration GT500 will be much more road course friendly, mm-hmm. much more track friendly. But they it's did a lot of work. On isn't it speed limited at like great. 120 miles an hour? I think no, uh, 98 what, miles an hour. No, 155 actually. Yeah, I, I think okay. that's when it, it came out. But it, anyway, the, it, so I think the GT500 and the ZL1 are kind of becoming different animals themselves because the ZL1 isn't still like it seems like ford's going much more road course friendly with the gt500 and the zl1 still isn't there so the first ZL1, whoa hold on hold the, on the, the zl1 the zl zl1 isn't there you don't think no I mean, it's a, that's a total that's a road course car i mean that's that was built to the, set the an first zl1 time. was to, was more gt the, or the the, the, the old the last one, was. one. Oh, yeah, yeah. gt grand tour almost grand oh, touring well, there is a ZL1 this one well only one le now isn't yeah there? this yeah, one yeah, is right. all, this one i'm is sorry more. i yeah, was yeah. i was a few years off no that's fine yeah it's got the but the multimatic shocks it's got the whole the it's got previous, plans for the previous yeah. generation gt 513 yeah, yeah. 18 that one was they're like we want to go 200 miles an hour and they just kind of ruined the car yeah my personal opinion mm. on everything else just to barely achieve that number this one, they're they're, they're refocusing. They're refocusing, and the GT500 will be a proper track animal again. Yeah, it's with, gonna with need, no manual, well, with no manual transmission. With no manual. So that's the big thing for <laughs> yes, me. Is it automatically takes it out of contention. How dare you? From from the get, there's like, there's absolutely. So the Corvette, you're yeah, you're out on the Corvette. You're done. Yeah, I know. Corvette's gonna be Corvette's same. a different it's thing. Different. It's a mid-engine car. But if I'm gonna buy a, a Mustang or a Camaro, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not. Get it by an automatic. Wow. That's very sad to do. To it's people. still the the best. I still. I mean, obviously, I'm biased. I own one, but like the best thirty five thousand dollars you can spend. Yeah, get, get a V, a GT, sure. or an SS. Like. Sure, but if you're gonna buy a GT five hundred, drop it, eighty grand on a car. Effectively, it, you have to. It, and provided you have both legs, let's because uh, some people don't. Sure. Um, 
and those people should buy automatics if they if that's what they want to do. Uh, but everybody else, get your shit together and learn how to drive a fucking stick. Uh, it, there's nothing less fun than good, a car like that, that with an automatic. Uh, it, it is very sad to do. So with that, I have to go uh, ZL1, 1LE all day long. And, uh, and, and the argument of like, oh, but uh, a dual clutch gearbox is faster. I'm not care. fucking is sending down a Nürburgring clutch? lap. Is this a dual clutch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a Tremec dual clutch. Okay. Um, I don't care. I don't care. I want to enjoy the car on the road. I want to I want bang to my own gears. Look like a chach when I'm driving with my little paddles. It well, the paddles are still present, aren't they? I disagree. The I think I think the I think the GT500 is going to be better. We don't know yet because it's not out for yeah, another month. But I think it's going to be better. But it's automatic. Even, it's even automatically without. off my consideration list for cars that I would buy. I think it's different than if you're talking about 450, 500 horsepower to 650, 700. Because at that point. I mean that's more than any of us can handle, so don't even worry about what transmission it's You'd in. Be like, fine. I mean, that's, what, that's, hold on, get out of town. A, B, get out of town. Yeah. Like if I'm. That's not even that much horsepower. <clears throat> Twelve hundred, fifteen hundred. That's yeah, that's yeah. a good amount of horsepower. Yeah. Listen, it doesn't. I don't care whether it. it could be five thousand horsepower. You have total control of how how deep you bury your uh, right foot. Yeah. But. And there's all kinds of traction control shit now. You don't have to be yeah, careful. But, these cars. I, but to me, to me. There are. It's fine. Don't have to respect them at all. Go get one. Go get one. There's a lot of fun with having a manual transmission V8 rear engine car. Yeah, absolutely. But there is more and more. These cars are so capable in doing so many other things that there is more to gain out of the car than just manual transmission. Yeah, but listen, if I'm if I'm gonna buy an automatic, I'm gonna buy a race car and actually go racing. I'm not like some track day asshole who's trying to like make. Uh, we love you, track day assholes. Uh, ten seconds. Yeah, <laughs> tenths of a second. I don't love those guys. Uh, tenths of a second guy. There's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, I, track days are great, but if you're... It's my favorite thing. If you if believe... If I could do it, that's all I would want Track days are great, but if you believe that you're adding anything to your experience by getting an automatic transmission and going a tenth of a second faster oh, every no, no, lap, no. you're hey, an idiot. I, I'm certainly not saying you're adding, but I'm yeah. saying that there's enough other good about the car that it's not a, it's not yeah, a yeah, yeah. deal breaker for me. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, so speaking of... Of that do we know what uh blake i think the the listener who asked the question is going for yeah like no, is, is just, he okay this is just, just a general thing, thing. <laughs> okay because yeah. it's like because that maybe that changes things if if he is trying to find the best track thing yeah then, right true 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 so yeah i mean i think uh with the exception of the automatic transmission car any of these will make you happy uh you you, you genuinely can't go wrong yeah that i would not it, it, like there's it's a reason like, it's a hard question. They're not even they're not even like muscle cars anymore. They're like sports they're cars. Good sports that, cars. That they're are, like what an M3 should be. Road cars. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, good. Yeah. Good road course cars. I mean, the only not. thing I genuinely hate about the Mustang is a stupid active exhaust. When you cycle the ignition, it doesn't stay in the mode you had it set in. That's annoying. Which is so incredibly annoying. And but there's no could, there's no there's no just or button. Something. Can't you just turn the? Can't you just unplug it? Like uh, unplug the. the I feel little. like that's got to be a software thing. We well, can um, definitely just unplug the exhaust and put your aftermarket exhaust in and call yeah. it, call it a day. Or can't you just take the little butterfly out? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> and it's just active. It's open. All the it time. was. It's not active anymore. Yeah, it's inactive. It's, inactive. <laughs> it's an inactive exhaust. Yeah. yeah. No, but that's the only thing I really can't stand about the Mustang or long termer. I complain about it constantly, um, which it shows how good the car is when I'm just complaining right, that the right. car is not loud enough for me. Yeah, say that. I'm when glad that the Mustang uh, caught up in exhaust to the Camaro because the Mustang was getting blown out in exhaust noise for a decade or something like that. Some and now fixing that. Mustang finally sounds pretty good. Besides the GT350, obviously, which is monstrous. So there's our that is our um, and for the uh, the 19 models. 
yeah. they've done away with uh, resonators in the GT. Is that true? 350, yeah. Wow. For the updated ones. So it's going to be even louder. Wow. <laughs> nice. That sounds fantastic. Uh, so that's the that's the news. Uh, which cars to get? Um, Brand new, new new news, guys. Yep. There's a Mustang and a Camaro out. And, and they're uh, both good. Yep. And uh, those are the ones to get. So um, do we want to talk about how, how much time do we have? Uh, Wesley. We can do 10 minutos on the Helvedere. I was hoping you would say that. Because I did not get to talk about it last time. Uh, we going for it? Oh, we're going, baby. Yeah. Oh, during the Woodward Cup? Well, just ahead of the, yeah, just ahead of the Dream Cruise, um, Mopar had me down to Vincetta Garage to let us drive some of the concept vehicles they build, which is cool because, you know, like unless you go to Moab, you don't really get to hop in the Jeep concepts. Mm-hmm. So they had a couple of those, including that really cool two-door J6 blue uh, gladiator. Yeah, long bed. short. Wait, long, long bed? Yeah, or was it's, it's, a got, a, it's got a six-foot bed and a short short cab. Is that why it looked all? Yeah, okay. maybe It's yeah. built on an actual Wrangler Unlimited platform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So got to drive those. They drove just like Jeeps because there wasn't really much done to them except for a two-inch lift, you know, stock powertrain, stuff like that. But we got to drive... The uh, Shakedown and the Helvedere, which a, are these two... A couple two, of crazy resto mod things. Yeah, so they're not exactly new. Um, the Shakedown is this black 71 Challenger um, with a 392 crate engine in it. SEMA 16. It's a SEMA car, yeah. yeah. So it's, is it it's the auto of, show, I think? Is what no, SEMA. Yeah, they might have brought it to the auto show. Yeah. But it was a SEMA car um, built to show off their 392 crate motor. And the Helvedere is a 67... Plymouth Belvedere that they built to show off the Hell Crate. So uh-huh. 707 horsepower, mm. speaking of high output cars. And I guess you would call both, both of them resto mods where you like, you know, restore a car, but you try to like add all the best of the new into the old. And I don't know. I wanted to talk about resto mods because to me, so many of them, maybe they're just not quite to my taste, but I think they kind of missed the mark. And the Helvedere just nailed it. Because to me, like, I don't know how many of these you've driven. If you've ever been in like a resto modded car where they... Like a pro touring car. Yeah. So the idea, you know, is you take this old car and you rip everything out and then you put all new stuff in. So it's got all the character of the old car, but wow. it's got all the new suspension, suspension. powertrain. Steering yeah, drives like looks a normal car. car. So basically you end up with a new car that sort of, from some angles, looks like an old car. And but it, for the most part, looks like an old car. Yeah, to me, it never really works. I think it, like the... Well, Okay, so I think it can work. Like the Icon guys are good at making mm-hmm. a car that looks like an old car. Um, I think the ones that you hate and the ones that I hate are the ones that look like some amalgamation of new stuff and you know twenty inch wheels and like well, right. Because the- to me, what what most of the people who end up building those actually want is a new car. Yeah, and they should so, just go buy a new car. Right, like mm-hmm. it will save them a lot of time, trouble, and money. Yeah. And well, the, the, it, will, it will potentially be resellable at the end of the that's true. exercise. And yeah. the shakedown was that exactly. It yeah, was, so it, it had some... Right, shakedown some, was basically they took a 71 Challenger and they put the new motor, a new interior, like an interior out of a new Challenger basically mm-hmm. into it. Mm, a new grill. The front and rear were actually fascias from the new Challenger that they kind of massaged in there. And it actually works pretty well because it works surprisingly yeah. well yeah. but it was definitely uh, yeah. but there's basically they took a, a unibody car and basically built a frame mm-hmm. underneath it so they could put new suspension you know it so it feels it doesn't feel like a new it doesn't feel like a new challenger but it definitely doesn't feel like an old challenger 
Um, and it looks kind of evil. Um, so it does that right. But that to me is more like the, not the icon approach yeah. where the, the Helvedere is not every little bit is massaged like the icon cars are, mm-hmm. but they, they took this car they had sitting, rotting away in the Chrysler heritage collection. The Helvedere looks like an old car. Yeah. They, they touched up the paint, but they didn't blow it all apart and repaint it. The steering wheel is like cracked, thin plastic. Uh, suspension beefed up to handle the, the, you know, especially in the rear, I guess the, the output of the, of the, uh, the hell crate, but it, oh, and the seats are Hellcat, uh, Hellcat seats. Oh, the seats weren't original. No, no. The seats, that's the one thing that yeah. was like glaringly you, new. You, you, you really you want can, a bench seat. You can easily fix <laughs> yeah, that by definitely. either D100 seats or, or A100 seats or yeah, just a stock bench. You need anything with a little bit of bolster in it because it. It kind of rips. Um, it's got side exhaust. Uh, that's sounds right. you like said a Harley. It rips, so yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It, well, it, that's the thing. Is it like it doesn't have enough rubber on it to to really make use of all the seven hundred seven horsepower or whatever? But that's part of why it's cool. Yeah. Right. It's right, like right. I don't know. I think they really got the balance right on it, where they didn't change it too much, so that it's still when you're staring at the dash, it looks like an old car dash because it is. Uh, but it has modern power. I don't know. I thought they. I thought they did a great job. I'm glad I got to drive it. That's like the one car I would. I would have driven it across the country. That's, you know, when I was a kid, all I wanted was rest modded cars. Like, I want to do a Volvo P1800 with a modern Turbo Five Volvo motor and like all this goofy stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, make a car that really handles and all that stuff. But the older I get, well, actually, not the older. The more time I spend with old cars, it's kind of like what's good about the old cars is the oldness. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, no, exactly. Like the, there are certain exceptions like, you know, the nine eleven that d- someday I will drive again, uh, potentially <laughs> will drive again uh, is kind of a hot rod, but it's all like period stuff. There's no like, uh, you know, it's not a new motor. It's not new wheels and brakes and stuff. It's like kind of an amalgamation of old stuff. Um, I think the, if I was going to do it to my car, I think I would leave the, I would refresh the engine and transmission, but keep them the same, keep the interior, keep the exterior, and then just like suspension and brakes and like a little bit of steering, like a upgraded steering would be nice. I would like, want to keep the wheel, obviously, but just a little bit better than what I have now. Disc brakes would be nice and a little bit of suspension, but interior, exterior, powertrain, the same. Well, and I, I think you can Disc brakes that. are kind of meaningless unless you throw a lot of tire at it. Yeah. yeah, I just want them to work well. So you can do that. I guess the whole thing with with this, I is, think this I mean, person it, make a big difference. I mean, I want, I want to feel safe. You know, I want to feel safe going eighty seven. Yeah. You know? what, when, well, that's probably maybe not the car to eighty four. That's the that's put the a roll thing, cage though. in yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess if there's one put thing, seat, put a seatbelt in it. You want to yeah. feel safe going eighty four. That this made me think about is that when you're when you're starting a project, any kind of project, whether it's just up hot riding your nine eleven or whatever. You really have to come up with and think about what you want the end result to be. Like, like yes, yeah, I never did that. More than just going like, yeah, let's just upgrade the suspension. Yeah, we should just put a let's just put a new Hemi in it. Like yeah. you know, because then you end up with these kind of goofy, extremely crossed. And it's up. like, what were you going for? Like, just mm. you should have just kept your old car and gotten a new car. You would have spent less money and you wouldn't mm-hmm. have had this muddled mess. But go figure. When you get a bunch of Mopar designers to actually build a resto mod they they do a good with job with a it. bunch of money 
Yeah. Well, and I think I think what most people want is the look, though, right? You want the look. So as long as the look see, is I don't, I, I don't think want so. the experience of yeah. driving an old car. I think the, if you if you, if you made, most people that do these, Jake, I think if you made your Plymouth or not Pontiac, sorry, how dare you? God if you made your Pontiac drive like a new car, like, like a 2008 G6 on the inside. No, no. If you if you got if you got it to that point, and let's just say you could do it while keeping the look exactly the same. You would hop in, you would drive it, and you'd be like, this isn't quite right. Yeah. You would drive it and enjoy driving it I less think, than you do now. Yeah, I think that, you know, that your car, and I think the mistake that a lot of people make is they get into an old car and they're like, oh, I need modern brakes and suspension and all this stuff. When the reality is, is you need to refresh what you have. So, like, the you don't know what that car is supposed to drive like because it's never been... Right, you know, it's it's right. a great it's car. Been, I got it when it was forty seven. Exactly, years old but it's that. like you don't know what it drives like with bushings, with uh, steering box, with you know what I mean, with like the brakes, with uh, zero wear on everything. They're supposed to be like right, right, right. Yeah, I agree. I bet yeah. that that's a good baseline to start from. Versus like oh, I'm just gonna go ahead and put you know whatever discs on it. But um, eight piston Woolwoods and uh, still have a one ninety five front tire. Yeah, <laughs> with as much grip as uh, this table right here. It would be very scary. But um, you, you would just lock the wheels up. Yeah, everywhere. But the uh, the the thing that happened in like two thousand five, two thousand eight, like with all of the like Barrett Jackson grade resto mod stuff, really a lot of good cars got kind of ruined. And like we've seen now, nobody wants those things. No, nobody. You know, they were all built to solve a specific problem of a existing like one owner person the person who owned the car at the time and um it just doesn't translate there's like the appeal is is very very limited and i think there's there's stuff you know like singer stuff uh is a totally different deal but there are people who there's like workshop uh 5001 and in, in uh, la who does porsche stuff it does like really tasteful like hot rotted stuff that looks vintage and smells vintage and does all the old vintage porsche stuff um icon does that too and that they understand like the nuances of like what makes a car feel old and like what like, you know like the good the good old car stuff. Have that you, you driven still a singer? Want. I've never driven a singer. I, yeah, it's the best car I ever drove. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it cool. just gotcha. It just, yeah. <laughs> it's just like Graham said. You need a little forethought, and if you want to embrace what the car feels like, do that, and you can make it yeah. better. Yeah, you. But it takes it takes like a very nuanced understanding of what's good about the car. I think is is what I'm trying to say. It's like. Um, well, of what you like about the car. No, I think like about like the basic appeal of the car. Because so I'm like, I'm making a restaurant for myself. I don't care. But that's know. what I'm saying is that's how you end up with a mess. What you need is an expert in the mark or in in that um in that kind of world who can tell you like do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. Like can push you up to the edge of uh, changing the fundamental character of the car without crossing over the line and, and doing something different. I think there's like, so the big difference to me would be like a singer and like the Gunther works cars, like the, Gun, the Gunther works cars are awesome to drive, uh, full carbon, like totally, uh, you know, it's not a restoration at, in any sense of the word. It's a, it's a like fundamentally a new car. Yeah. Um, but it's in a weird zone for me where it's like, you know, it's why barely would, even a 911. It was like, why wouldn't you just buy a new 911? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you buy a GT3 Touring? It's cheaper. And uh, also fantastic to drive. Yeah. Um, but the, 
the singer thing, you know, even those though, like the wheels are a little too big for me in a lot of cases. And like the, like the purport, like they're like 17s or 18s, right? On the, yeah. 18s, I think. On the fake uh, and they, they really like do a lot of work on the body to get the, try to get the proportions right, but they're not quite right. Like and they, I think that's part, partly because we're looking at all this stuff from the outside, judging other people's cars yeah. when you're working on something. I mean, anybody knows if you're too close to something working on it and you don't take a step back and like, why am I even doing this? Like, why, why am I stressing? You know what I mean? Like you get mm. so wrapped up in it and you start making these changes and then it always ends up weird. Cause you, you can't take like a 10 foot view of it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that when people start, when they get a car and they start modifying it, uh, whether it's like resto mod or whatever, they're, they're, I would think that most people don't think about the super long term, you know, whatever of that. They're like, I want it to be a little faster. I'll put I'll put a little bigger wheels on it, or mm-hmm. or something like that. And that's all I think at the time. And I don't think we could blame anybody for doing that because no. this is your your car. And yeah, like I'm sure. not worried mm-hmm. about selling my car, my Pontiac to anybody. I just plan to drive it into the ground to give it to my kids or something. I don't know. I think a lot of people do think through how they're going to modify their car. I mean, do you think 15 years down the road? Everyone's like, oh, well, it's not going to be, inf- I, don't, I don't know. I, I do not. I'm sorry. I, I never had like, this is going to be a $50,000 restoration, so I should start planning now. No, no you I don't think I have $1,000 now to upgrade the not car. Not even so, like that. It's so like, I'm going to do it. You get something in mind that you want to achieve, and then you do it instead of just throwing parts and stuff at a car. You want. I think, yeah, if you're like a professional hot rodder with like a, a blank checkbook. It doesn't even cost money to do this. It's just a little bit of forethought. Yeah, I, I, I think there is a lot of value in that, like, kind of thinking it through. And, like, what's a hot rod versus what's a resto mod? I think that mm-hmm. that's a, a really good line. for Like, I don't know. I just, I, I've just i seen enough of those, like I said, those cars out west. Um, and they're coming back. I mean, this past year, I was amazed at what was a lot of Corvettes that had been um, fucked up. Yeah. You could you could say that yeah, uh, it, it's just hard to. You get your C one or C two Corvette to drive just as well as a C four, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> which is known for its handling right. characteristics. Or you could just buy a C seven and just be totally happy. We should start a service that rolls that back. If put it's make us make a C four drive like a C one. No, well, like that's a C seven like a C three. We put a blue flame straight six in your <laughs> that C seven. That there's a market again, for that. No, that's I always say if I ever uh, somehow come into a billion dollars, I'm going to spend it building cars that make people so mad. <laughs> <laughs> like my uh, my zero horsepower car, the uh, blue flame six. Uh, it's a it's a C eight Z R one with a blue flame six. Yep. <laughs> I can't get it to go over eighty. I don't know why. Um, it's, it was, got a, it was two, a, it's got a two-speed transmission. It was a real mother making this a uh, power glide <laughs> yeah. to the transaxle, but yeah. it, it works now. It's worth. It's fine. Yep, I spent a hundred million dollars on this, and uh, it is not. I, worth I it. called GM. They sent people out to yeah. make this happen. Yeah, uh, they were not happy. It's a nightmare. Um, yeah, that's that would be my. I think that's the name of my uh, my ultimate project. Graham is the zero horsepower car. I mean, you kind of have one sitting in your garage right now. <laughs> well, that oh. that is a potential. Uh, that potential has horsepower. Yeah, we want a zero horsepower car. That's the uh, should I fast car slow? No, that's the idea. We take like an old American car and put the smallest conceivable motor in it, like a glow plug motor from a um, like a model airplane, 
with like a one thousand gears, so that oh, oh so that it moves. God, you love that. You so love the gear, <laughs> yeah. gearing videos. So that it story. moves uh, imperceptibly, like a flower growing. So like you could set it up at the one end of a big car show, <laughs> and in the morning, the by the end of the day, it's moved like a foot and a half. That that's, would be so satisfying really to me. Yeah. Um, like is that car moving? <laughs> I can hear something's it happening. It was definitely over there this morning. I swear it was <laughs> yeah, over there this yeah. morning. Now it's like over there. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be the goal uh, of my life. Anyway, um, we should probably yeah, wrap this up. It's <laughs> Labor it up. Day. We got we got stuff to do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna shut the office down here on Thursday. Uh, episode will come out tomorrow uh, when you get it. So I'm telling you this while you're already listening to it, probably the, the most pointless thing I've ever said on this podcast, which is filled with mostly yes. pointless stuff. And while you're shirking off your work responsibilities until five o'clock or seven or nine, whenever you get off, uh, just go ahead and go to the Apple iTunes place. And like it. Like, subscribe. subscribe. Uh, grab your coworkers or friend's phone. Yep. If uh, you're an IT guy. Oh, yeah, download it to everybody's computer. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can do that. If you're an enterprise uh, software guy. Uh, or even enterprise rental car guy. Yeah. Uh, download it on all the cars. You can yeah. do that, right? I, you Stitcher. should be able to. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, as always, for listening to the podcast. Uh, we will catch you again in a week um, when we will be rested, tanned, and ready, as uh, what's his name said when he ran for president that one time. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.